Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. With the ink barely dry, the UAW says GM has already violated their new contract. A new rule from the White House on project labor agreements. And today on the show, the latest from the heat and frost insulators and the president emeritus of Labor's International. Welcome to the Wednesday, December 27th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms. That includes... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. Mr. Pete Almini will be our first guest on the show today. Pete serves as Executive Director of the Mechanical Insulators Labor Management Trust. Website, MechanicalInsulatorsLMCT.com. One of the many proud sponsors of America's Workforce. And what we're going to do today since 2020. Three is winding down, and we've been doing this with a number of our guests. We're going to take a look at what happened this year and look at some goals for next year. Quick review of 2023, the first time ever, first time, that two bills, two pieces of legislation specifically targeting mechanical insulation were introduced into the halls of Congress. That is quite an achievement, and Pete is pretty darn proud of that. We're talking about House Resolution 4663, the Federal Mechanical Insulation Act, and House Resolution 6104, that is the Mechanical Insulation Installation Incentive Act. We'll review and update both. We'll also talk about awareness building in the fire stop industry. Very, very important subject. And we'll talk about increasing the awareness and implementation of mechanical insulation energy audits. You know, there's a lot of energy loss. And energy ain't cheap anymore. It's expensive. So if we can stop that loss, well, we're all saving money here. Mental health awareness. This is a very, very passionate issue for Pete. And it's becoming a mainstream conversation with the insulators. In fact, you may recall here... Back in September, which was Suicide Prevention Month, we featured a number of guests, Pete included, to talk about mental health and suicide prevention. Labor shortages, many labor shortages hitting the headlines. What are we going to do about it? We'll talk about that and the plans for 2024. Well, we want to get those two bills I just mentioned out of Congress into the president's desk and also make mechanical insulation energy audits to be recognized in the mainstream. Two very, very important issues with uh, Pete Almini. Later in the show, we are going to rebroadcast or repodcast a segment that we did with Terry O'Sullivan, General President, now President Emeritus of our presenting sponsor. That would be the Labor's International Union of North America, liuna.org. On March 28th, Several weeks prior to the International's 120th anniversary celebration, Terry announced his retirement. He took over the reins as general president in 2000 and since then became one of the longest tenured general presidents in the history of Labor's International. 
We had him on the show. It was um, April 27th. And Terry focused on the need to organize and grow the union. And he talked about how he did that. It was back, I believe it was in uh, 2006, at a leadership conference that resulted in one of the largest membership increases in union history. He put a lot of money. He invested in organizing, and boy, did it pay off. And he's got some numbers he'll share with us. And it's important to point out, you know, when you have a guy like Terry O'Sullivan, that man has garnered so much respect. And uh, I fail to mention this when he retired. The Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, on the 1st of May, that was the day that Terry actually retired, he spoke on the Senate floor of Terry's accomplishments. And this is what he said, Today it brings me immense joy, gratitude, and a little sadness to pay tribute to a giant of American labor, a hero of working families, and a leader who truly stands in a category all his own. There would be no expansive middle class in America without the labor movement. And the labor movement would not be the same today without Terry O'Sullivan. The proud members of Lyuna help build our roads, our bridges and tunnels and office buildings and housing. And under Terry's leadership, Lyuna, the labor's union, as it's fondly known, has become one of the most impactful unions in the 21st century. And Schumer pointed out it was under Terry's watch that Lyuna brothers and sisters helped clean up the wreckage of Ground Zero after 9-11. Under his watch, Lyuna built its first-ever high school for students to enter construction work. And, and it was Lyuna that organized immigrants and supported comprehensive immigration reform. So unsurprisingly, anyone who knows Terry knows his loyalty lies in one place and one place alone, the working families of Lyuna and of America in general. The words of Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on May 1st on the Senate floor. Amazing, amazing what Terry O'Sullivan has accomplished. And we certainly appreciate his sponsorship here on America's Workforce. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, offering fixed income real estate and equity investment options to clients nationwide. And I'll tell you, they've got a long track record here. Been doing this since 1928. The UAW is speaking out against General Motors, and for very good reason. They claim the company violated the terms of their new contract already. In a statement addressed to members, this happened late last week, Mike Booth, who is a vice president with the UAW, detailed General Motors' alleged violation of the contract, which centered on a lump sum payment that the union bargained for retirees. The union said GM decided to exclude a certain group of retirees who receive a Delphi benefit guarantee from receiving a $500 lump sum payment that was meant to be paid out according to the 2023 national agreement. This is what Booth said. The UAW is currently having discussions with General Motors and doing everything possible to rectify this. If we are unable to resolve the issue during these talks, we will pursue all available contractual and legal remedies on behalf of the impacted retirees and surviving spouses. Tony Toddy is the president of UAW Local 14, and they will feel the pinch on this one. 
He said, we hold our retirees sacred. They're on our wall. We fight for them because we wouldn't have what we have without them. So if you promise them something and you don't give it to them, well, guess what? We're going to fight to get that for them. This alleged breach of contract carries weight in the timing of it, according to Toddy, with members anticipating the payment as bargained. They were told a specific day they could expect to receive it, and it just didn't show up. And you know what? That's not good around Christmas time. The company should not be a Scrooge, so live up to your agreements. GM has yet to comment on this, but we do have a statement from uh, President Mike Booth. And he said during the 2023 contract talks, the UAW successfully bargained a $500 annual lump sum payment for eligible retirees. The first payment went out Friday, December 15th. Due to administrative issues, some retirees were inadvertently left off the initial list and will be receiving theirs on Friday, January 19th in the new year. The company unilaterally decided to exclude a select group of retirees who receive a Delphi benefit agree top-up benefit from receiving the $500 lump sum payment. Well, this decision by the company is a violation of our agreement and, as you know, is contrary to the past practice established by the parties in 2015 when this same group received the bargaining retiring payments along with all other GM retirees. So they got some precedent here. Members of Steelworkers Local 152M, this is out of Wheeling, West Virginia, have ratified a two-year collective bargaining agreement with TechnoCap that raises wages, increases pension contributions, creates safeguards for workers, and provides other improvements. Now, this deal comes more than four years after the approximately 50 workers' previous contract expired. In that time, TechnoCap, a manufacturer of metal closures, committed serious violations of federal labor law, such that the labor board this past August went so far to condemn the company as a repeat offender. Larry Ray is the director of District 8 for the Steelworkers, and that's the district that represents workers in West Virginia and three other nearby states. Larry credited the win to the strength and solidarity of the members. He said, It's clear that TechnoCap had every intention of trying to break our resolve and force a deeply concessionary contract right down our throats, but... We remained united, and we finally prevailed. Listen to this. Over the course of the negotiations, the union was forced to file more than 50 unfair labor practice charges. The illegal actions included unilaterally cutting employee health insurance and forcing employees to work 12-hour shifts. Amazing what some companies will do. My gosh. There's some good news here. The Biden administration has unveiled a new rule requiring companies working on large federal infrastructure projects to reach project labor agreements. How about that? In these agreements, the employers and unions collectively bargain wages, benefits, and other conditions before workers are hired for that project. And importantly, they also cover non-unionized employees. The administration anticipates that the rule will bring union protections to almost two. 100,000 workers. All right, quick break. 
Pete Almini on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators coming up next. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at afge.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at uaw.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the U.S., US, Canada, Canada, and and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steel workers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. OH.AFT.ORG is your website. Let's go to the state of New Jersey. Love talking to this guy. Longtime supporter and contributor and sponsor of America's Workforce. That would be Pete Almini on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators. He serves as executive director of the Labor Management Trust Mechanical Insulators, LMCT.com. Mr. Almini, my Jersey guy, how we doing today, brother? Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Kind of glad that the uh, the Christmas holiday is behind us, getting ready for New Year's. But uh, how was your holiday? Because we we spent a lot of time with uh, with family, and that's what this is all about. But you know, there's there's a point where we have to disconnect, and I think that time is right now. But what about you? Oh, we had a, we had a great time. Uh, spent a lot of time with family and friends, and and being that Christmas was on a Monday, it really was like a a long weekend. We started to uh, gather on Friday and ended up through the weekend all the way into Sunday. And what what really made it special uh, uh, for me, uh, my wife and I, we were invited to the White House uh, for a Christmas party at the White House on um, last Wednesday. And it was a, a labor event. All of 
anyone who is involved with uh, with labor unions or we're at the White House with this dinner, but it was it was pretty special to be in the White House, uh, seeing all the decorations, and we we're able to even listen to Joe Biden, Joe Biden speak a little bit. It was pretty cool. You know, it's funny because I kept looking for my invitation and just never showed up in the mail. Maybe maybe next year I'll get mine. But uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that that's pretty. Was that the first time you got an invite to to a dinner like that? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was. It was the first time, and uh, I was I was glad I was able to go. I mean, it was a lot of logistics, you know, uh, getting there and getting in, but it was all worth it. And uh, that's one thing I'm glad I can say in my lifetime that I was in the White House. But more importantly, the, the insulators um, had a presence. Our general president was there. Our general secretary treasurer was there, as well as uh, one of our vice presidents. So. Uh, the insulators had, had a good presence um, at this White House function, and that and that alone is a groundbreaking history for us. Yeah, and we're so that's super. You know, and that's a good way to button up 2023 because this has been one heck of a year for labor. Over 900,000 brothers and sisters, union members, all got contracts with double-digit raises, and uh, a lot of them had to go on strike. There are about 500,000 people on strike this year but they got what they justly deserved. And it's cool that that was, uh, I'm sure there was some discussion on that at that dinner last week. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let, let's no, talk, let's talk about 2023 because uh, you and I have had some conversation about mechanical insulation and some legislation that uh, was introduced in Congress. And hopefully we could push this over the finish line in the new year. Let's uh, let's get an update on where we stand with this Pete. Go ahead. Sure. In, in 2023, and that's, it's good to, to step back a little bit. You know, we're so focused and we got to head down, uh, grinding away. Sometimes you've got to look up and see what we accomplished. And, uh, and this year is no exception. Uh, and the first time in history that I know of, and I did do some research, I cannot find any time that the insulators, we have two bills introduced into Congress that specifically addresses uh, the mechanical insulation industry. Uh, the one that we've, we've been working on uh, for almost for over a year now, but it got introduced with Congressman Weber and Linda Sanchez, and that is the Federal Mechanical Insulation Act. And uh, we have 26, I believe 26. We just got one, one in the last few days, uh, co-sponsors. And that is progressing very well. Our co-sponsor list includes uh, Democrats as well as Republicans. So we're getting overwhelmingly uh, bipartisan support. Hopefully that's going to get into, uh, get out of committee uh, within the next couple of months. And that'll be addressed to the larger body of the House. And on the same time, we're also working on the Senate version of that. Um, we have a, uh, a senator that, uh, seriously considering uh, sponsoring the bill on the Senate side. And uh, I, I think he's just about there. I don't want to jinx it by announcing his name, but we're hopefully by the next uh, next month, um, I can announce that we have a Senate version of the Federal Mechanical Insulation Act and get that into the, into the uh, Senate subcommittee and get that out and 
And one of the big goals in 2024 is to be able to get this bill on the president's desk uh, so he can sign it and make this law. And what it's going to do is provide uh, on federal buildings that a um, mechanical insulation energy audit will be performed once every four years along with other entities of an energy audit um, on federal buildings. And then once the maintenance or the facility manager is going to see the tremendous savings through the uh, energy audit, hopefully they'll act on it and be able to uh, provide service that's going to have a return on investment of less than two years, probably closer to one year. And the goal of that, obviously, is to be able to produce more commerce and put more of our brothers and sisters to work. And that's exciting news, and we're, and we're pushing forward, and it doesn't seem we haven't had any pushback on it whatsoever, which is very encouraging. Um, it's a small bill, and uh, it's just a matter of going through the logistics and be able to get that in there. And a couple months ago, we have another bill introduced. It is the Mechanical Insulation Installation Act. And basically, and that, that number is uh, H.R. 6104, um, also introduced by uh, uh, bipartisan uh, legislators, uh, Linda Sanchez from California, again, and Fitzpatrick out of Pennsylvania. Um, so we have a Republican and a Democrat uh, sponsoring that bill, and uh, it just got introduced. But what this is going to provide is a, a tax incentive or a tax rebate um, for any anybody that's going to install mechanical insulation, and it's going to it's going to offer an incentive for people to look at. And I say people, that could be a company, it could be a uh, a building complex, it could be the federal government, it could be uh, private entities, but there's going to be a, a tax incentive in order to install mechanical insulation, and hopefully that is going to spur on more work opportunities for our good union contractors, and again, uh, ultimately it's going to raise uh, work opportunities for our members and future members. And something you heard me talk about many times, Flash, uh, anyone interested in possibly getting into construction and getting into this uh, uh, mechanical insulation industry, which is going to be flourishing uh, more in the future more than ever, uh, get yourself hooked up with an apprenticeship program and uh, get on the train while it's taking off. There's, oh, be, yeah. there's a lot of potential. Pete, I'm just thinking here, this this Congress, I think you heard it's the least productive Congress probably in, uh, in 50, 60 years, maybe even longer than that. And I'm just wondering, with what you said, this is not a lengthy bill, makes a whole lot of sense. We're talking about saving money. We're talking about saving taxpayers' money. Don't you think, with that being said, this is something they can you know, hang their hat on, our lawmakers, Republicans and Democrats, and move forward and say, hey, we got something done. <laughs> what, what do you think? Absolutely, and that's and that's part of the, um, the the premise that we're going with. And when when I when I sit down with the congressional staff members of each office, and I um, in twenty three, I must have sat in the year twenty three, I must have sat down 
if I count, it has to be over uh, 60, 60 to 70 presentations to congressional offices, and, and they all agree it's low-hanging fruit. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to be able to use possibly the political machine and the power of re-election. Uh, next year is going to be a very uh, uh, tenuous election all across the board. And and our legislators are going to look for some uh, some base hits, even home runs, to be able to prove to the American people that they are getting something done. And uh, this this is something that, that can go along with that as well. And you're exactly right. We'll just have to see what happens in the new year, which is right around the corner. Pete Almini joining us on our live line today on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Trust. Do check out their website, Mechanical Insulators, LMCT.com. We'll continue with Pete later in the show. We're going to replay a segment that I did with Terry O'Sullivan, now President Emeritus of Labor's International, our presenting sponsor, right here on America's Workforce. Back in a few. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Labor's International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight iron worker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great iron worker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Iron Workers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting iwdistrictcouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at teamster.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at USW.org. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at Lyuna.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. When you get an opportunity, just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate 
those five-star ratings. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. Let's go back to our live line. Rejoin Pete Almini on behalf of the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Trust. We're talking about uh, mechanical insulation, two bills that were introduced into Congress this year. Hopefully, they will cross the finish line next year. But one thing we didn't touch on, you and I have talked about fire stopping. And I think it's really important to expand the awareness of what the heat and frost insulators do. I would imagine that's going to be another priority going into the new year, Pete. Am I correct in saying that? Absolutely. It's it's a priority and, and, and no more or less than any other year. Um, fire stopping is a technology and an industry that is best suited for the insulators to perform. And it, it, it hits so many uh, check marks as far as the, uh, what we do as insulators. And we have to be able to expand that market. And this is, this is something that's kind of passionate for me because it goes beyond saving money, it goes beyond energy conservation and pollution, which is, you know, the three pillars of what we do with mechanical insulation. Firestop uh, technology and the installation of Firestop products properly will simply save lives. And I, I'm not sure how anyone could put a price tag on that. And, it, and it's a shame. People find out about Firestop and the, and the industry and what can be done after a fire happened in the building. And they go and there's an investigation and they identify where the fire started and they can, uh, I say they, the inspectors can actually migrate where the fire and more importantly where the smoke migrated throughout the building. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what kills uh, most people in the fire is the smoke inhalation. And in the year... Well, I'm going to say it. I'll be the first one to say it. in the year 2024, uh, it's a shame that this technology is not used in every single building uh, in this country to be able to save lives. When you think about all the money that's spent to be able to uh, protect the people and protect families, and a lot of it is, is spent and a lot of it's used in, in, in good ways, but we have to erase, raise the awareness of what fire stopping uh, can do. It, it goes beyond saving money. This will save lives. Absolutely. Labor shortages are in the news in 2023, but you wanted to add to that. Apparently, there's a contractor shortage, especially with the insulators. Can you, uh, can you explain what's going on here, Pete? Sure. The, uh, there is a labor shortage in this country, and I don't think it's, it's any secret. And I'm going to say a, 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 a shortage of skilled labor, and that's the that's the labor that's within, that, within our building trades. When somebody has a developed skill, we need to be able to uh, 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 not only train them, but we have to have a place for them to go to work. And we can train as many people as we want, providing that there is an opportunity for work. And the labor shortage gets the headlines. What's, what's beneath that and what most people don't realize is that in order for a, um, a tradesman to go to work, they have to go work for a contractor. And there's a, there's a contractor shortage. Um, the opportunities, what the contractors are doing, if, they're, if their docket is full and they, and they expand and they, and they uh, fulfill all of their resources, they can't go out and get, and get more work. One of the, 
one of the keys for failure for a, any business or even a contractor is to take more work on that they can't that they can't handle. Mm-hmm. And and there's always a balance of like well, we you know, they need labor and they're absolutely correct. And the labor unions are working hard to fulfill those needs. But we also need contractors that are going to go out there and, and be able to generate more work, um, quality work using union labor. You know, there, there may never be a shortage of non-union contractors, but we want to be able to employ people that are, that have the skills, they, they have the training, utilize our apprenticeship programs the way they're designed for. Uh, and we have to generate another niche in there is, uh, and that's contractors. We need to generate the business of uh, mechanical insulation. Finally, one more issue I want to address here on the show, and you and I have discussed this in previous shows, and we zeroed in on it here on America's Workforce back in September, because September was Suicide Prevention Month. And in the trades, we see a huge increase in suicide. It's almost a four times that of the general population. And I know the heat and frost insulators, you personally have been involved in trying to get this conversation started and using the tools that are available to help our members, to help our people that are working on the job so they are aware of what's going on. And and if there is an issue when it comes to mental health, that they get the help that they need. Can we talk about that here going into, because I could only assume too, that this is going to be expanded in the new year. Pete, it's all yours. Absolutely. Um, early in, uh, in 2023, uh, with the, with the guidance and the enthusiasm of our uh, new general president, uh, Terry Larkin, uh, we implemented a uh, member assistance program, uh, map and, we put insulators in there, and it's Insulators Member Assistance Program, or, or IMAP. And what this does for our members, it provides them with the help that they need on many different levels of mental health. Uh, yes, and there is preventing suicide, but in addition to that, there's depression. There is substance abuse. There is the abuse of uh, opioids and other prescribed medicines, and, and the more... I get myself educated, and as much as I get myself educated, there's a whole lot more to learn, and it, and it's almost like an onion where you got to peel back the layers, and every time you peel back a layer, there's more there, and this is a very complex um, topic of of mental wellness that we have to address in this country, and what I'm excited about it with our um, IMAP program is that not only is there going to be help available for the actual member, but more importantly, or just as important, I should say, there's going to be uh, assistance given to the family members, to the wife, to the children. And, and you know, when we talk about mental wellness, we're t- we have to include the domestic issues at home as well. Um, and, again, that's just something else that I'm learning. If, if, if someone is, ha- is having depression or they're having um, thoughts of harm- harming themselves, you know, what this program is going to do is going to investigate, okay, we have to stop the immediate need to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else, but let's find out what the reasons are. And a lot of them actually come back, come back to the home. And we have to have a program, and this is what we're working, we have developed a program where professional people can advise the member and the, and their spouse and their children of uh, 
you know, how to correct some of these issues. And we have access to, to the family members for this program as well. They can call up, they can call up professional people, get in contact with them, and, you know, just having a kid saying, hey, some, my dad needs some help, or mom needs help, or, or, or mom and dad are fighting a lot, what, what can we do to help? And I'm excited. This is, this is something that I don't think any other of uh, the uh, building trade unions are doing. And this is something that, we're, that, that we have invested a lot of money in. Our international has made a commitment to be able to help our members um, be able to plow through some of the mental issues that we all face and we all deal with. And, and the, biggest, the biggest barrier is, is having people to recognize it and, and be able to, uh, to reduce the barriers and the uh, stigmatisms that go along with mental mental wellness and it's something that that we are going to continue in uh, 2024 and and even past that and we're all learning as we are progressing but we have to have these conversations the the biggest thing that we can do is to have this in mainstream uh, conversations and we're and we're getting there we're making great progress well, you made a heck of an investment here, and let's stay on this issue in the new year because hey, you got to save one life at a time. It's so important, so important. But the important part of this is to have that conversation, and you have the tools, obviously. You put a lot of work into this, and you have the tools to, to make this happen. Pete Almini, on behalf of the International Association of Heat and Frost Insulators, I forgot to mention the insulators' website. It's insulators.org, okay, insulators.org. And Pete serves as executive director of the Mechanical Insulators LMCT. That's a labor management trust. That website is mechanicalinsulatorslmct.com. You take care, my friend. Enjoy the uh, the New Year's holiday, and we will talk in January. Okay, my brother? Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas to all, and, and Happy New Year. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Terry O'Sullivan. President Emeritus of Labor's International coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Liuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Liuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form 
and a local 50 representative will call to begin the process. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers. For more information, please visit BACWeb.org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBalladSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. Well, if you've been listening to the last uh, couple of shows here on America's Workforce, what we've been doing is reflecting back on 2023. And one of my favorite guests over the years has been Terry O'Sullivan, who uh, served for many, many years, well over 20 years, as General President of Labor's International, our uh, presenting sponsor. By the way, it was Terry, when we started the show 30 years ago, he uh, he came to the table and said, hey, how can I help? And he became our uh, our presenting sponsor, and we thank him for that. A little background on Terry. He's a proud native of uh, San Francisco, grew up surrounded by the union he would eventually lead. His dad was a 69-year member of Labor's Local 261. Terry's own career with Lyuna first started in 1974 as a laborer. His tenure with the International Union began in 1987 as an instructor for the West Virginia Labor's Training Trust Fund, where... He was appointed administrator two years later. He would go on to serve Lyuna in a number of positions, including assistant director for the Construction Maintenance and Service Trades Department, administrator for Lyuna Tri-Fund, staff assistant to the general president, and then chief of staff. And prior to his tenure as general president, Terry served as Lyuna vice president, mid-Atlantic regional manager, and assistant to the general president. So let's go back to the uh, end of April and listen to my conversation with the one and only Terry O'Sullivan. Almost 24 years at the helm of Labor's International Union of North America, liuna.org, our presenting sponsor on America's Workforce, Terry O'Sullivan, leaving general presidency. My God, you know what? I haven't heard from you in a while. I figured, man, he's cooking up something. Maybe he's not going to be around, but I guess you're still going to be around in a different capacity. Terry O'Sullivan, welcome back to America's Workforce, brother. Thank you, Flash. I fooled him long enough. I, I, I got to get out of Dodge after 24 years. So, <laughs> Hey, you got to do your shout out. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, uh, local 310, 860, all my uh, fellow laborers in the great state of Ohio, uh, they feel the power, they are the power, and they'll always be the power. So uh, I'm I'm always proud to represent them uh, and to be on your show. You're a good man, you're a good friend, and you do one hell of a job. Well, we're we're trying here, and I want to tell you, I got to thank you 
because you came to the table years ago. And if there's one word that describes Terry O'Sullivan, it's vision. You had a vision for Lyuna when you took over in the year 2000, and you made that vision happen. You had a vision for America's workforce, too, because you signed on as our presenting sponsor. And, and Terry, because of you, others have followed and this show is now in the top 15%, closing in on 14% of all podcasts in America. And that speaks vibes. You know, they want to hear what's going on with the working class. And this show does that Monday through Friday each and every week. So I got to thank you for that. I'll tell you, it's been, it's been a great ride here. Let's, let's talk about your 24 years, almost 24 years. And, and one of the things that really comes to mind is organizing. And Terry... You know the climate for organizing today is very, very rich because of the right people in office. Why don't you explain to our listeners when you took over what you did to change that dynamic? Well, I mean, so it was actually pretty simple, Flash. Um, I always looked at it this way. If we you either organize or you die um, as an organization. Um, And so we needed to continue to build our organization, build our membership, increase our work hours. And when we did uh, back in 2006, when we did the 25 cents for organizing, I mean, right now it generates a little over $110 million a year. Um, I mean, the lifeblood of the labor movement is organizing money. It's political money. Yes, I get that. Uh, But... It wasn't really a vision. It was a necessity. It was, I mean, how do we move forward? The only way you can move forward is to have the resources to organize, to increase membership, increase work hours. Um, and, and, and so that's why we did it. And I didn't do it. It was the delegates to our 2006 convention that did it. Yeah. Now, you had a great team here. Why don't you explain what's going to happen here? Now, your, your last official day is full-time general president. You're, I guess you're going to be president emeritus, and you're going to be on a couple of boards. And there's a, there's also what a change with secretary treasurer. Can you explain yep. that part? Yeah, no. So we had a, a seismic change. Um, we have 16 people on the board, 14 vice presidents, two general officers. There's seven of us that either have retired or will retire effective May the first. We just thought it was important. Um, that we had our time. I mean, I've been president, as you said, almost 24 years at somebody else's turn um, and give them, you know, the time to make a difference in our organization and to make a difference uh, in the labor movement. So um, there's a bunch of us leaving. Uh, There's a group that's coming in that's going to, you know, they're going to kick butt and and do one hell of a job. Um, So, We've had a big change, but I think it's all changed for the better. Brent Booker will take over as GP, general president. Talk to me a little bit about Brent. Now, he was your uh, vice president for a long time. Uh, so Brent was the second. So Brent was our director of construction. Um, when I came here 30 years ago, I started here at headquarters uh, June 1st of 1993. Um, I actually worked for Brent's dad. And then Brent's dad became a secretary treasurer. Uh, he retired in 2001. Um, so he's a third generation laborer. Um, he gets to drill. He's been a secretary treasurer at the building trades. He's been negotiating all their 
basically their national agreements under the leadership of Sean McGarvey, who's a dear friend of mine as well. So, he, you know, he, he, he hits the ground running. Um, he knows uh, what to do, how to do it, and I think he's going to be a great general president. Terry, talk to me about uh, undocumented people. And especially, and there's so many in construction, you and I have had a number of conversations on that. And, you know, during the previous administration, there was an attack on immigrants. Well, that there's been an attack on immigrants all through the history of America. Let's be honest here. It's just that there's peaks and valleys in that. But I'm just wondering, how, how are we faring with that in line? You know, because, you know, there, there's a lot of work out there right now. We need everybody that we can get. And we talk about this on the show all the time. The, the building trades, the apprenticeship programs, they're cranking out as many people as they can because there's been good policies that came out of Washington. Let's be honest, that Infrastructure and Jobs Act was super. You got a big project going on with the, with, in Alaska with, uh, with the oil industry over there. Uh, I'm just wondering about filling those positions. How do we look, Terry? Well, I mean, at the end, we have talked about it, Flash, for, for decades. I mean, I've been on your show over 20 years. I mean, here's the deal. I mean, the, our country needs to get its hands around the immigration issues. Um, and I don't see any way around other than having comprehensive immigration reform. I mean, there's 12 million, whatever the hell the number is, there's a lot of people here that are not documented. Why don't mm-hmm. we just deal with that? I mean, we've never been against border enforcement and all the rest of it as long as it's done humanely. Um, but we're not we're not dealing with the real issues. Um, and we have some Republican friends that actually get it. Um, I think the administration gets it. But we need comprehensive immigration reform. We need to make sure that those that are here um, have documented status that are earning their way towards legalization, um, and uh, we can't do it soon enough. Um, I mean, we have a worker shortage, that's for sure. What the president did with the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, my God, well, you know, in a great state of Ohio, the CHIPS bill, uh, Mm -hmm. that that one facility outside of uh, Columbus, $20 billion. We have another one in New York, $15 billion. Uh, we have another one in Idaho, of all places, at $10 billion, all being done under project labor agreements with the proud, strong, and united men and women of the building trades. We need workers. There's workers out there. We just need to find our way to stop using immigration you know, as a political ploy and, to me, do what's right. Absolutely. Well, you got to be proud of uh, the first couple of years in the Biden administration with one of your brothers, Mr. Marty Walsh of Local 223, taking over as as Labor Secretary. L- let me ask: you, Have you had any conversations since he's now with uh, with the, uh, the the Players Association of the NHL? I have actually. Uh, uh, I'm the head of the DC Friends of Ireland, so we honored Marty on Monday night. So I, I was with them on Sunday and and on Monday. Um, and he's a big hockey fan, and obviously now he's head and uh, executive director of the, the NHL Players Association. I mean, um, I'm probably not supposed to say this, but he kicked ass and took names. Um, and I will say this, is that President Biden, in the 30 years I've been here in Washington, back in Washington, D.C., he did more in two years 
along with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer than any other administration did in four or eight years. Uh, organized labor has, has been the beneficiary of this president, his administration, and his vision. Um, and I got to tell you, um, that's why when I, when I leave here effectively tomorrow, um, I, you know, Joe Biden has been a godsend for the American labor movement. Been and I'll tell you, he, he has not forgotten his roots. I mean, here's the guy. He made his announcement uh, this week. And where did he go? He goes to the North American Building Trades Legislative Conference to meet his union brothers over there and get a rousing welcome, just like what you just said to our listeners here in America's workforce. He's he's so he's so pro union. It's good to have him. How do you feel about about and you know this whole age situation that's being batted around? What's what's your take on that, Terry? Uh, I mean, look at age is nothing but a number. I mean, at the end of the day, look at what this man does. Look at what mm-hmm. this leader does. He's been incredible. Um, you know, I mean, hell, I'm 68. And, and I guess he's 81, but he, he's got a, a bigger hop in his step than I do. Um, so age doesn't matter. It's what you say and what you do. Right. And I think Joe Biden leads by example. He's never forgotten, you know, his Scranton roots, um, you know, and, and he's never forgotten that he, he's a working class guy. All your listeners, all our members, that's what we are. You know, we're not trying to get rich. We're trying to make a living, trying to live a middle-class way of life. And Joe Biden has never forgotten that. And I think he governs that way. And I think that, I mean, the first two years of his administration will be reflected of his next two years. And I'm, I was proud and happy uh, when he announced that he's going he's gonna to run for another four years because this country needs Joe Biden. It needs that kind of leadership and somebody that is actually one of us. Amen, brother. Terry O'Sullivan, outgoing general president of Labor's International, presenting sponsor of America's Workforce. Well, you stay in touch with us and do me a favor. um, Tell Brent Booker we'd like to get him on the show and talk about the next generation here of Lyona. How's that sound? We'll do that, Flash. And again, thank you for your decades of service to the working men and women of the great state of Ohio and the working men and women throughout our country. Um, You've been great. You've been a great friend. um, And uh, I will be back (laughs) if you'll have me. (laughs) Terry O'Sullivan, President Emeritus of Labor's International. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Coming up tomorrow, Bill Samuel, Government Affairs Director of the AFL-CIO, and Sean McGarvey, President of the North American Building Trades. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.